So the focus on this year and this series is going to be setting up a single goal for the year and a goal that will take us all year. Now, if you say, I want to lose 10 pounds, that could happen in a month. Okay, I want to talk about something that's real, that's going to take your prayers and your focus to accomplish by the end of the year. Last year, we did this, and actually I have the cards right here on this table. So if you filled one out and you were here last January, I've got your card for you. And you can go and say, huh, how did I do? Did I, did I hit the goal or not hit the goal? We're going to do the same thing this year as a church, is we're going to take this next couple of weeks. And by the end of the series, each and every one of us is going to write down our one goal you're going to give it to me, and then we're going to give it back to you next in 2018 so that we can see, man, I, I believe God. And sometimes it happens early. Sometimes you nail it right away, and it's like, okay, cool, I can believe for something bigger. And that's where we want to ask God to lead us. God, what is the one thing that you want me to nail this year? What is the one thing that you want me to hit? Amen? Amen. And we like to talk about rhythms and patterns at City of God because they are stronger than diets and crash courses and moments in life. A season will always be stronger than a moment it, it, because moments are lasting in that instance, but a season takes time and it goes through. And there's processes that happen every single season. Paige was just talking about during the tithes and offerings, there's seed time and harvest. Well, the beginning of the year is always a time where we want to sow if you want to harvest in the end of the year. A lot of times people get into the end of the year and like, man, I've got nothing to show for what I've done. It's because they've done no sowing. Now, sowing requires that we give out of ourselves, that we give something else and we plant it either into something uh, physical or into something supernatural, right? If, if you'd start investing at the beginning of the year, ideally, you'll see some measure of a return by the end of the year, whether it's little or not, right? If you're sowing, if you're planting, you'll begin to see a harvest and a return on those things. So we want to talk about the beginning of the year, sowing into patterns and rhythms and, and all those kind of things rather than just moments. Amen? Amen. So let's uh, get to the Word this morning. I want to read uh, one verse to start off with, then we're going to get to some other ones, but it's Genesis 1.15, and we're going to start at the very beginning of the Bible, and it says this, God put man in the garden to, t- excuse me, it's Genesis 2.15, God put man in the garden to tend it and to keep it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. God, we thank you that is living and sharper and powerful. God, I thank you that in 2017, we're declaring that, well, Lord, this is the year that we establish a rhythm and a pattern of abundance, a pattern of growth, Lord, a pattern of reaching out and sowing and seeing the harvest that we desire. Lord, that each and every one of us has a vision and a dream of more that you have put inside of us. God, and I thank you that this year we are now putting steps into place to see those goals, to see those rhythms and those patterns establish the harvest that you have designed for us from the very beginning. God, I thank you that we are good soil here at City of God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're blessing this year already. And everybody who believed that shouted, amen and amen. Now, just elbow your neighbor and say, we're a talking church. And if you don't have a neighbor, you can just say it out loud. We're a talking church. Okay? So you can say, amen. I want to encourage you. Let's, let's be a little bit louder in 2017. All right. So let's hear it. Amen. Okay. Let's try it again. Amen. Okay, let's try it one more time. And there we go. There we go. Now, see, that makes you just feel a little bit better. Again, when you're saying amen, you're saying, let it be so in my life. If I say something good and you want it in your life, you got to vocalize it. After we do this series, we're going to do a series on faith. And it's, it's going to be good. You're going you're gonna to be really blessed by it because I have already been blessed and I've just been studying. 
All right. Amen. So we're getting into Genesis chapter two, verse 15. It says this, God put man in the garden to keep it and to tend it. Now, when we look at all of Genesis, Genesis obviously is the first book of the Bible. And in the Bible, the first things that God mentions, this is kind of the, it's called the rule of first mentions. The first time God mentions something is very important, not just in Genesis, but all throughout the Bible. Whenever Jesus did something for the first time, it's notable. And we should understand that God did this. And so he's setting up a pattern when when Jesus was baptized when Jesus talked to people all the different things that he did and we see first time going throughout the Bible those are very important so when we see God do something with man it is very important here's here's a, a very important verse in the beginning was the word right there's John 1 and then we also have in Genesis in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth so we see from this rule of first mentions there is no explanation about whether there was a God or is a God or what is his name it's just in the beginning God and literally in the Hebrew in the beginning means in beginnings because there was no the beginning because God always has been. So we put it in our language to understand it in the beginning. When God created this beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth. But in reality, what the Hebrew says is in beginnings. When God decided that he was going to create heaven and earth, he just said this is the beginning of this time frame. Okay, that's cool. This is the law of first mention. So well, the first time we see God doing something with man, God is putting man in the garden. And why did God do that? God places man in the garden to tend it and to keep it. So let's take a look at these two words. The, the word tend means to frequently behave in a particular way or have a certain characteristic. God expected and placed man in the garden to establish a frequency or a regular rhythm. Amen. In the original language, it means to dress it, which means to labor, to work, to serve, to till. So we can see that God intended man to have something to do in his life and put his hands to, to establish a regular or a rhythm for man to be doing. Now, some people say that labor was a result of the curse, but we know that this is before the curse, before man sinned. So we see that beforehand, God intended labor to be fruitful and something that man should be doing. So don't go to work tomorrow morning and say, no, this was a result of the curse. I, I have to work. No, God intended us to labor, but he intended it for it to be fruitful in our life. Amen. So God put man to tend in the garden. But then he also says that I don't just want you to tend it or dress it. I want you also to keep it. Keep means to retain possession, to watch or protect specifically and sometimes in relation to having a treasure. So God not only set man in the garden to tend it, but he also wanted man to retain it and to protect it. So whatever the rhythms that we establish through our labor, they need to be retained and protected. They're a gift. They're a treasure from God. And so this morning, I want to propose to you a different idea for your year and our year. Rather than setting a goal or a benchmark or a resolution, let's begin to establish a rhythm for the year, a tendency. God has given each and every one of us a garden, which is our own heart, to tend and to keep. And how are we tending and keeping that garden? If last year was an emotional wreck or emotional roller coaster, I want to just humbly suggest that maybe you weren't doing a very good job of keeping that garden safe. Right? Maybe you're just letting anybody come on in and take whatever they wanted to and leave all the garbage that they that they wanted to in your life. You need to put up, you know, a little bit of boundaries. Even God put boundaries to the Garden of Eden. He says it's going to be here and there and there. 
And then when he kicked man out, he says, I'm going to put a big flaming sword so you can't get back in here so you don't mess things up. And so we see that there are borders and there are relationships that we need to have that are good and bad. And we need to have, there's a whole book and a whole series called Boundaries. And you can read it. It's a great book of just making sure that your heart is open to people, but you don't become a doormat for everyone's garbage in their life. And that's what we want to live. And that's what God says. You have a garden. You have to tend it and you have to keep it. You have to regularly keep the garden moving forward and growing and coming into fruitfulness. But at the same time, you've got to protect that. It's the only one you got. Amen. So last year, one of the things we kind of related to is we talked about how this goal is like a target. Anybody ever played darts before? Okay, yeah, darts. There's a little bullseye right in the center. Now, what happens is a lot of times in New Year's resolution, and this is kind of the, the, the mistake that we make, a New Year's resolution is like throwing a bullseye. And if you think, man, I'm going to hit a bullseye every single time, then you've probably never played darts or never, never at the specified distance because hitting a bullseye is pretty hard, Right? In fact, one of the ways you do hit a bullseye is you have to have a little bit of muscle memory. Obviously, I'm a master at darts, so I know all this, but you have to have a master, you have to have this muscle memory where it's like, I know exactly the speed and the length and the height, and and that's going to hit it every time. Well, a lot of us just walk up there and go, oh yeah, I'm going to do this this year, and throw it, and it's over here on the wall. And we're like, why did I miss? Well, you have had no practice. You've got no rhythm. You've got no regularity to what you're doing. You're walking up and saying, I'm going to hit a bullseye and then just throw in the dart however you want to. There's a specified way to throw it. And so we say, rather than just go up there and say, I'm going to hit you 100 bullseyes this year, why don't we just get one bullseye? And if you hit everything around it, that's okay. We'll begin to close in on the bullseye. And by the end of the year, we'll have hit the bullseye. And we can say, yes, this was a good year because I nailed the bullseye and the thing that I wanted to hit at the end of the year. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about this. How, how are we going to establish and how are, what, what are the things that we're going to put in place to hit the bullseye, to hit the mark, to nail this year in 2017? The first thing, the first rhythm we need to establish, and we're going to give you a couple of rhythms over the next couple of weeks, the first rhythm that we need to establish is daily Bible feeding. Now, I know you were going to say reading, but it's daily Bible feeding because your spirit needs to eat. Your spirit has a hunger. And if you don't feed it the right things, it'll either starve and die or it'll flourish and grow. And a lot of times we spend so much time feeding it Netflix, you know, and Spotify and and all these different things out there. We, you know, Internet, you know, BuzzFeed and fake news and all these things. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, everyone's concerned about fake news. It's like. Hello, everything on TV is fake news at this point. You know what I mean? There's no unbiased anything out there. It's all fake. We're living in some sort of a straight. No, it's kidding. It's not the Matrix, just so you know. Okay? So there's this idea that, man, we, we want to basically not give ourselves the garbage of this world, but at the same time, we've got to be tending and keeping our garden going forward. And if we're not having a regular, a daily feeding of the Word of God, it will definitely change your perspective. I had no, I can tell you, I've been reading my Bible every single year for uh, 20 plus years. And I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm just saying like, this is what I, as a pattern I've established in my life. And there are days when I don't feel like doing it and I do it anyway. And there's some days where I love to do it and it's great and it's awesome. I'm like, man, this is so good. And there's some days where you're reading it and it's just 10 pages of genealogies and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. You know what I mean? People were born. I was born. Awesome. Praise God. I'm full of faith today because I was born, you know. 
there's some days where it gets a little like, ooh, kale, you know, delicious kale. And we, you know, choke it down. And there's some days where it's like, man, this is a really good juicy steak. I'm getting a lot out of this. And if you're a vegan, then maybe you like kale and you don't like steak. So it's the other way around. But whatever. Daily Bible feeding, establishing this rhythm. This is really the simplest rhythm to establish. It's something that we should wake up and do pretty much automatically without even flinching before you ever even get to Facebook in your bed, right? Because how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand because I know there's a lot of guilt and shame right now. I'm kidding. You open up your phone and it just goes just naturally to the Facebook app just to see what did somebody say at, you know, eight in the morning. I got to know what, what happened while I was sleeping. Oh, okay. Fake news, fake news. Somebody woke up. Okay, somebody took a picture. Okay, somebody's eating something, right? It's, I mean, I've got to know. Isn't that right? Do we really have to know? Could it wait 20 minutes even just to read your Bible? Right? A daily Bible feeding, not a daily Facebook feeding. It's an addiction. It's easy to. It, it triggers the same endorphins in your brain that every other gambling, alcohol, all those things. Facebook, the social media addiction is real, right? The struggle is Real. Hashtag. Okay? So we understand that there's this thing that we, we just don't wake up and do it. What you should open up is your word. And whether it's on your phone or it's in your Bible, actually, it doesn't really matter to me. But just wake up and the first thing, let the first thing you do be seeking God. I think there was even a verse about that somewhere in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things, the things that we really sort of desire in life, right? The food and the shelter and the clothing. He says, all those things will be added to you. If you seek first me and my kingdom, not seek first Facebook and Instagram. You know what I mean? He didn't say that. And then you get all these things. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. And so you say, I didn't have a whole lot of the food and the shelter and the clothing in 2016. It's probably because you sought first Facebook, right? And you're like, oh, that makes sense, actually. You know, I went straight to BuzzFeed. I needed to know the top 10 things somebody said in some movie that I didn't watch in 10 years, right? I got to know what he said. Top things Brenda Walsh did in 90210. What happened? doesn't matter, man. And somebody's like, what is 90210? It's a zip code. Don't worry about it. It's so easy, though, and it's all we have to do is spend time. We even we have an app at City of God, and you can download it for free. And in that app, there's a Bible reading plan, and it's the one we're on. And as you say, that's too much work. You can go to Amazon, and you can get the New Living Translation one-year Bible reading plan. And all you have to do is tap on the day, and it brings up the reading for you. And when the, that reading is done, you tap next, and it goes to the next page. And, then, and it's so easy. It's so simple. They've made it even easier than ever before. And New Living Translation is one of the easiest translations to read. There's no thee, thou, though, thy, thens in it. There's even, you know, I mean, even the language has been modernized a little bit. So it's very easy to read. It's a simple rhythm to establish. It's just as easy as opening Facebook. Just open up your Bible reading app and just begin to read. And if we all get on the same Bible reading app, a lot of times my messages are birthed out of the daily Bible reading plan and the thoughts. And so guess what? You can say, oh. I read that this week. I read Genesis 2.15 just last week. I, oh, I read that. I remember reading that one, so I, I, and I had a thought. And then Casey was preaching on the next week, and we begin to get on the same page. And that brings greater unity. And now we're all feeding together as a church, and we're moving together as the Good Shepherd is leading us. Amen and amen. So then let's talk about some benefits of reading the Word of God. I'm going to put up Psalm 1 here. 
And you've heard this dozens of times at this church because we love it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Listen to this at a New Living Translation. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of fake news, or excuse me, the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with the mockers. They say, man, the joy of reading the Word of God. So I've got for you a couple, couple blessings of the daily benefits of reading the Bible. Number one is blessing. God's blessing is so strong that when you are blessed, you cannot be cursed. Amen? That's a good thing. People are going around like, I cancel this and I can't. Well, look, if you got saved by Jesus, you are blessed and therefore you cannot be cursed. Amen. So God's blessing is stronger than the cursing. If you're sick, you need to tell the sickness to go. You're already blessed. Try trying to curse me. Get off my body. Right. So we have the blessing, a blessing that kicks the tail of every curse that has been following us around. He says from the beginning, blessed is the man who does what? Who meditates in the law day and night. When we get into the word, whether it be in the day or whether it be in the night, we become even more blessed. We're already blessed once we're saved. We're blessed by God. But now there's like an extra special one that's like, man, I got blessed. I read this word and this applies to me. I feel like God was speaking to me right out of this word this morning. Well, that's because you're blessed and God is speaking to us out of his word. A blessing is something that acts like in the, we see in the wilderness. Israel's moving out of Egypt and going into the promised land, and they've got this cloud over them by day and a pillar of fire by night. That was the blessing of God. It was providing heat and warmth, and at the same time, it was making it cool so the sun didn't beat down on them. That is what the blessing of God looks like. You say, man, I want to be blessed more this year than I was that last year. Get in the law. Get in the Word day and night. Just read it 10, 15 minutes. Just begin to establish that rhythm and that pattern every single day. Blessed is the person who meditates in God's Word daily. Amen? Amen. The second one is rest. When the Hebrews would meditate, they would rock back and forth in solitude and they would begin to just mutter the word or they would rehearse the word or rehearse the blessings of God. When you meditate in God's word, you're putting yourself into a quiet, distraction-free place to absorb God's word into you. Sometimes people are like, I just need to get away and I need to just, you know, they listen to music or they turn on some podcast or whatever. Listen to the word of God. Speak the word of God. Get a verse as you're reading it. And maybe if you don't have one, use the one from yesterday or whatever it is. But get a verse in your life and begin to meditate. Well, God, what do you mean by that? What, what does it mean for God? What does it mean that I'm blessed if I meditate in the word? But it, what happens is, is it brings a rest to our spirit, a rest to our soul. The combination of God's word and a quiet place always equals rest. One of the things Paige was talking about, it, we do a prayer on the second Wednesday of every month in here. That is like a place of rest. 
when you come in here and you had a stressful day or whatever, and we're worshiping and we're praying and all of a sudden God's presence comes in, man, it's like a, just a beautiful booster shot of strength and energy. And I can't tell you how many times I've come in, been like, I had to fight traffic or whatever, but got in. And as soon as we started praying, as soon as we started worshiping, the rest just came. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is why we do that. Just like when you walk in on a Sunday morning and the band's worshiping and we're lifting up our hands, we're focusing on God, we're meditating on his blessings and how good he is, that equals rest. When we get into his word, we become rested because we stop worrying, right? We begin to realize this is what God said and either I believe it or I don't. And I want to encourage you, believe it because it's true and he will make it come to pass. And so we look at it and we think, man, I don't have to worry. I can just focus on God. I can just focus on tending the garden, keeping it up, protecting it. And that, as I do that, God's word will will do the rest. Amen. Third thing is growth. A tree is, of course, a seed that grew up, right? But if we begin to get in the word daily, we will become like a tree that is planted by rivers of water. God's word is that fresh river that's always providing life and hope and my wife and the kids have been on a bunch of hikes this year and there used to be these little trickles and now they're actually little waterfalls again and little streams going through because god's word we need that don't let your life become a spiritual drought from god's word And you're like i can't hear from god i don't know what he's trying to say and you never read your bible it's like just get in the word and let the river begin to flow now it may take some time to kind of soften the heart, you know what I mean? Soften your spirit again, but just keep reading it. Keep pressing in. And as you do, that word will begin to lead to growth in your life. There is a verse that God wants you to have for this year. You say, what is it? I don't know. You've got to ask him. There's a verse that God gives you and you begin to walk in that verse. Every year, God gives me one little verse and I stand on it and I write it on my calendar and I make it a reminder. And every morning at 8 a.m. it goes off and I just speak that word. Sometimes it's two or three verses. I'll just declare that verse over my life. And as a result, I see that the growth begins to happen in my life. The same thing can happen for each and every one of us. Get a word. What is the word that God wants to tell us? Why does God want us to grow? Our mission statement at City of God, fully formed, disciples, on mission. The idea of fully formed is us finding abundant life and finding it in every area of our life. Is anybody here perfectly abundant? Not yet, right? But we're growing towards that. You want to have abundance in your finances this year? What's the word that God's given you? What are you going to sow? What are you going to do? How are you going to change your financial status right now? What things is God leading you to do? Because every one of his miracles will always come with a command and instruction. If you want this, then you got to do that. Amen. So that leads us to growth. The next one, number four, fruitfulness. From the beginning, God has wanted us all to have fullness and abundance and fruitfulness. He wants every single one of us to multiply. You will have a much harder time multiplying and believing that you're called to multiplication if you don't hear God say it over and over again. That's why we, when we read Genesis, you hear God say it from the beginning and almost through the entire book of Genesis. God says, hey, just a reminder, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. That's the first thing he said to man. You be fruitful and multiply. And so there's no way that we can deny that God wants us to be abundant. That God wants us to have fruit and full of fruit, right? 
That's what fruitfulness means. That I'm full of fruit. I've gotten abundance of it. What does multiplication mean? It doesn't mean addition. It doesn't mean subtraction. It doesn't mean division. It means that you're multiplying. What do you want to multiply in your life? What are you going to do? You're going to go to God and say, God, help me multiply. Lord, how can I do this? And God says, get in the Word. Read it every single day. and I'll teach you to multiply in everything that you do. Amen? Amen. God wants you to be fruitful this year. Say that. God wants me to be fruitful this year. There you go. Now say it like you believe it. God wants me to be fruitful this year. There you go. That sounds a little bit better. Amen. The next one, number five, health. God does not want you to wither, right? That would be a good place to say amen. Some of you are like, I don't know if he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to wither away. He doesn't want you to become a dry, crumbly old leaf, right? God wants you to be in health. He has given us health, not headaches, not cancer, not sickness, not broken bones or anything. There is no withering. Anybody who's ever had anything worse or sickness or anything, that's a good place to be like, yeah, that's right. God doesn't want me to have this. And we have to remind ourselves. We, we can't remind ourselves of things we don't remember, right? So we got to get in the word and we got to remind ourselves, no, you know what? God does want me to be healed. No, God does want me blessed. No, God has favored me and God does want me to multiply. And God does want me to fruitful, be fruitful because we're reading it and we're seeing it in the word. And he's speaking us to speaking to us and saying, yeah, this is what I want. And we've got to hear those promises every single day. I love the way the Bible reading plan that we read, the way it's broken up. You read a little bit of the Old Testament. You always read a Psalm. You always read some of the Proverbs and the New Testament. So you're getting this whole smorgasbord of good delicious food from the word of God and this the psalms are always great because they relate to us on such a personal level David was always like God I hate all these people around me can you help me can you get me out of the situation you're like that sounds like me at work today you know but okay okay you know what I mean? we, come on I'm joking people <laughs> You guys are like, what is going on? No, David's relating to us and saying, God, I'm in this position. I need help. Lord, can you help me? And then he goes, oh, I'm so awesome. God has blessed me. I'm healed. I'm saved. I've got all the blessings of God. And so when you read that on a daily basis, you find yourself having your faith built up. Right? You start reading the Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. We do a series on it every summer. We, but every single day as you're reading the Proverbs, you begin to get a little bit wiser. If you, I mean, the end of the year, the Proverbs that were, I was reading, it was just like, man, this is so applicable to today. Just all the things it was saying about authority, all the things it was saying about the righteous and the unrighteous, all the different things it was saying about government and finances. Like, man, this is so applicable. I wish people would read this and understand this is what's going on in the world today. But some people don't want to read it. But the rest of us who believe in God, we should be getting into His Word every single day so that we can find out the promises of God's help, that He wants us to be healed, that He's already healed us by the stripes that Jesus took on His back. Amen? And the last one here is prosperity. I said it once, and I'm going to say it until Jesus comes back. God, prosperity, abundance, that is God's design for each and every one of us. You cannot get away from it. No matter what translation you go through, it all comes out the same. God wants us to have abundance. Jesus was so bold as to say, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. How are you going to go against that word? Well, what, I don't think he meant abundantly. Okay, so now you're calling God a liar. You're telling us that Jesus didn't want to. No, he said he wants us to have life and life more abundantly. And the question we always come back to is, do you believe it? Do you believe that God wants you to be prosperous? 
We all believe it when Spock says it, right? Live long and prosper. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. I should do that. What about when Jesus says it? When he says, I want to give you life. <coughs> Excuse me. Life more abundantly. That's what we've got to do. We've got to believe in him. And this year, I want you to begin to believe that God wants you to be in abundance. That living in the wilderness is a short-term proposition. They were only supposed to go through the wilderness 10, 12 days, 14 days at the most. It was a short path, but they ended up being there for 40 years. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe that God wanted them to enter into the promised land. We have to believe that God wants us to get into that promised land, to get on our mission and find where God wants us to go. So we have to start having more faith. And that's why we're going to do that whole series coming up on faith so we can have our faith built up and say, yeah, I guess I really do get it now. I do believe that God wants me to be abundant. Amen. The more we read the word, the more we get into it, the more, the greater, the stronger, the rhythm that we establish of getting into the word every single day, the easier every one of these things becomes. And we recognize them on a daily basis because we believe, yes, this is what God said, because he says it over and over and over and over again. So I can now believe it. Amen. Let's stand as we close this morning. God has placed each and every one of us. He's placed a garden within us. He's placed us in the garden of life that is around us. And he's telling us, tend it and keep it. Establish a rhythm. Establish a tendency. And then protect that tendency. Protect that rhythm. It's, it gets hard. After the end of January, and no one's talking about resolutions anymore. And you're like, well, maybe I don't need to read my Bible anymore. And you only got through Genesis. No, keep on going. Keep establishing that rhythm. Keep reading the Bible every single day, 10, 15 minutes. That's easy to do. You say, I'm so busy. I don't think you're that busy that 10 to 15 minutes, right? Read it while you're waiting in line for your Starbucks, okay? What about not at the stoplight? Don't read it and drive. That's a bad thing, right? But you can find 10 to 15 minutes just to get into the Word. I guarantee you, as you establish the rhythm of Bible feeding every single day, your spirit will grow and you'll find more faith than ever before. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads as we close. Father, we thank you.